get up, get, get up, get up. What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to episode number 151 of the Mets Up Podcast, the official podcast of the New York Mets. Uh, this is the third time. As you might see if you're watching the YouTube video, I am not in my apartment. I'm actually at Vito's apartment. Luckily enough, we live very close to each other, but I had to come over here. I guess I was experiencing some internet issues, and me and James have done this intro. This is now the third time, like I said, third time's the charm. We're talking about the Mets. We're talking about baseball. We're talking about our lives. You guys know the spiel. I can't say it too much more because it is we've, we've been saying it a lot. So make sure you're following us if you're liking what you're listening to and watching on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Mets Up. We've been putting out a lot of content there. YouTube video, like I said, over on the New York Mets YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download, and subscribe. James, I know how you're doing, but I guess tell the people at home. I mean, this is it's crazy. Yeah, we've been doing intros for like a half hour now. I just got back from a weekend in Columbus, an extended weekend in Columbus for the Michigan-Ohio State game was as bad as it could possibly be. I, again, I've told this three times now, so it's just it just makes the pain worse. It's like taking a little knife and like putting it deeper and deeper into me, but... Got a last-minute ticket to the game, sat in the student section with a bunch of other old people because it was just such an expensive ticket, and it was miserable, completely miserable. Yeah. Fire Ryan Day. I pray to God we don't make the playoff. I don't want to see it again. I don't want to get dismembered by Georgia. I really don't. I just I can't, I can't, I can't do it. It's pain. I've never felt pain like this as an Ohio State fan. I feel like through speaking to you, though, you weren't that high on this Ohio State team this year, like early no. in the year. I mean, I knew the second they started playing football, like they didn't really dominate any games. Like CJ Stroud just never really impressed me that much. Like the stats were always really good, but never seemed like he had that, like that next gear where he's like, I'm going to win a game. Like he, he showed the motion for the first time ever in this game. And Ryan day still made him punt. It was not <sighs> like a, not like a certain Gamecock quarterback who just puts the team on his shoulder. Spencer Rattler looking Ratty. like the top, the top QB prospect that he once was. I got, I, I thought he was going to like a lock to come back to South Carolina for his senior year. But after how he's played these last two games against two big-time teams in Clemson and Tennessee and single-handedly leading these victories, I mean, I, I think he might leave. And I'm kind of nervous because I'd love for to see him for one more year with the greatest coach in college football, Shane Beamer. Dabo Sweeney is a fraud. Yeah, fire Ryan Day. But also, I'm happy that Dabo Sweeney's dead because I really hate that guy so much. Yeah, no, I mean, he should retire because he said that when the players start getting paid, that's when he's out of college football. And we've known that Clemson's been paying players ever since he got there because Dabo is a, a rat. Yeah, soybean wind, right? I believe is what John Oliver <laughs> called him. Yeah, and he's also always been a snake oil salesman because the second he lost his amazing coordinators that they were paying like more money than most teams had coaches, he became bad because he was always bad. Yep, he was never a good coach. Absolute fraud. The Gamecocks are the best team in the state of South Carolina, and we're in the top 20 for the first time in a really long time, which is really cool. So shout out to the Gamecocks. Uh, Jeff McHitts, this one's for you, James. He told me, he sent me a personal message Clay. that he wanted to say to you. Clay, oh, yes. God. Jeff McHitts. Uh, I believe his dad was an Ohio State alum, so this is, this is good. It's, it's going to hit home, specifically. I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. He said, uh, please chirp James from me. Tell him it's from McHitts with love, uh, F Ohio State. All right. Well, also, I was talking to my boy Sam the whole weekend. You know who you are. Loyal member of the show. We're both Mets, Jets, Knicks, Rangers, and Ohio State alum. Well, he's actually still in school, but he will hopefully one day become an alum. So we were talking the whole weekend just being really miserable together. So shout out to the listeners who are from our, from our colleges. Now to talk about some actual baseball, I feel like we should start with maybe some of the rumors that have been going on in Mets world because there have been a few moves and I think that does impact maybe some things that the Mets do or how the market could look. But in terms of rumors right now, 
of course, the Jacob deGrom one is still swirling. Uh, I don't know who exactly put it out. I, I saw the article by Pat Ragazzo from Sports Illustrated. Uh, Ken Rosenthal talking- had a long one on The Athletic. Just okay. like going with the week's rumors, he had a long blur about DeGrom. Yeah, and basically they were saying that they feel really, really confident that if it's not the Rangers, it's going to basically be the Mets, and that the Mets are relatively the favorite, and all this doesn't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing, and again, we know absolutely nothing. I wish we did. It would be really, really cool if uh, our relationship with the Mets gave us some inside info, but unfortunately it doesn't, and if we... I want DeGrom back. I want DeGrom back. It makes sense. I mean, you got to think of the teams that could actually pay DeGrom, because however much money he has, and like we were talking about off-camera before, he bumps you up basically into the luxury tax if you're almost any team to get him. Not only does he bump you up in the luxury tax, but the way they structured the luxury tax during last season CBA, he's going to bump almost any team up two brackets of luxury tax because the first level of luxury tax and the second level of luxury tax are less than $30 million apart. And Jacob DeGrom's contract will be worth more than that. And I don't know where the third level sits in the corner of the second, but I'm sure it's also relatively close to that. So yeah. getting Jacob DeGrom as a team, you have to fully commit to putting yourselves multiple levels through the luxury tax compared to where you would have been before. So that limits his market first off from some of the high market teams, depending on how much they actually, how deep into luxury tax they want to go. And also, of course, it limits him from the small market teams because they don't have $40 million to give to one player. The Rays are a team that kind of emerged today in the Twitter sphere as the quote-unquote mystery team for Jacob DeGrom. And this also happened, we'll talk about him a little bit, Jose Abreu. Apparently, the Rays were also involved with him before he signed with the Houston Astros. This happens to the Rays every single offseason where they get rumored to every single free agent, like the veteran. Freddie Freeman. Yes, because like for a one-year or two-year deal, they're like, you know what? If they we think this improves our championship probability this much, like maybe it is worth it. But they never actually do it. Maybe they will with DeGrom just because I'm just saying it and I'm the jinx. But it, <laughs> it seems like they're always that team. So then you kind of look and really does wind up just being, I guess, like everything else, the Mets, the Dodgers, now the Rangers, the Padres. That's it. Yeah, uh, we because uh, we were all scared with Jacob DeGrom and the Braves, and obviously it still could happen, but we For were sure looking at their payroll and their structure, mm-hmm. and basically he puts them in the second, right, immediately if they were to sign him for what we think he's going to be worth, and that just seems like something the Braves wouldn't do. As of right now, and this came straight from the Ken Rosenthal article, they were just barely short of the first luxury tax threshold. Okay. And they don't have a shortstop on their roster, technically. <laughs> so if they were to sign Jacob DeGrom for $40 million, he would catapult them already into the second level. And they would already then they would still need to sign at least another player. Yeah, no, and that's definitely. Just, that's, just, that's just kind of unlikely. And the pitching market is super interesting, too, because we saw Clevenger go to the White Sox for, what, $12 million on a one-year deal? And yes. not that Clevenger's bad, but he's not good. And it's to not, get 12 mil yeah. kind of affects, I don't necessarily want to say Jacob deGrom's market, but more so like the Chris Bassett's of the world, the Taiwan Walker's of the world, where if he's getting 12, 12 mil for one year, these guys are probably a little bit more expensive than we thought maybe. I I honestly think that is a little bit of a, like I'll, I'm, I'm probably one of the high men on Clevenger in terms of like people looking at like free agency, but I think that is a bit of a bargain for him just considering that like twelve million for a starting pitcher isn't that's not really what you pay for a real starting pitcher. Like that's around like what Taiwan got coming off, like not pitching for a couple of years. That's like around what Drew Smiley gets every single offseason. Like Just about that, to say Drew Smiley. Yeah, like that's that kind of contract. That's mostly a guy who you see as like maxing you out at like 120-ish innings or being a, a bullpen starter bouncer. And Clevenger, Clevenger last year, I tweeted it was kind of a cherry pick stat, but something I noticed, he was one of only ten pitchers in all of baseball to have three different pitches with a whiff rate over twenty nine percent. Yeah, no, he uh, so he like started least, working on a sinker, right, this year, I think? And Yeah, and I don't think that was even actually one of the pitches that had the whiff rate over 29%. It was my last tweet, so I can scroll on it. For Clevenger, it was his slider, his cutter, and his changeup. 
And they're all <laughs> hovering right around 30% each of them. So like none of them were really incredible. And that changeup was only thrown 10% of the time. These were actually just three fewest thrown pitches. And the White Sox are never are probably not going to be the team to tinker and really fix anything. But no. there probably is still a good pitcher inside of Mike Clevenger. Probably yeah, is. No. And I mean, speaking of or connecting the White Sox back to the Mets here, uh, apparently the Mets, according to Joel Sherman and Heyman and those guys on Twitter today, had a Zoom meeting with Carlos Rodon, who I don't want to say friend of the podcast because I did go to dinner with him, but I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm friends with Carlos Rodon. I don't know if I can say that. I think if Ernie was a part of us, I think he could say it. I forgot the cool, the cool thing that happened this weekend. I didn't even tell John Revito backstage any of our three tries with this. I was just hanging out with Major League Relievers like the whole weekend. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that is forgot. true. That is true. Yeah. One of my, I've mentioned it before. One of my best friends from Ohio just bought a house. Shout out Ross, girlfriend Erica. His first cousin is David Bednar, also Will Bednar. And they were there at the tailgate because that's their family and they like Ohio State. And it was kind of a cool event. So the agency that David signed for was like, let's bring some of our guys here. So I was hanging out at the tailgate and some bars all weekend with Dave Bednar, Ryan Helsley, and Jordan Hicks. That's very, very cool. Who was the coolest of the bunch? I mean, Dave, Dave was the man. And like, I've, I've like talked to Dave cyberly, but I never actually met him. He was just such a cool dude. Like we like, and also like hanging out with him. He's just like, he just would be, he's just like one of the guys. Like you would never be like, this is one of like the 10 best relievers in all of baseball, like standing right in front of you. He's just drinking light beer, chilling. Helsley was also a super cool dude. Hicks was Hicks was Hicks was definitely the the, the most athlete like of the bunch. He was yeah. uh yeah, he had a different kind of energy. But Helsley and Bednar, we were we were chilling hard. Like I I'm really hoping to reconnect with these guys and they come back to New York, face the Mets. Was it Dave or Will? I don't remember which of the brothers, but didn't Ross send them one of our podcasts before we were with the Mets hyping one of them up and they like <laughs> listened to it and they're like, That's pretty cool. Someone's talking about Actually, it. Actually, I think that might have been Will, because that was right after the College World Series. Will was okay. there too. And like Will, Will was a good dude, but he's just like it's very clear, like the age difference. Like he's just like twenty one years old. Like he's yeah. like he is. Like I'm sure it was like kind of like a lot for him to be around all of these like people like this at this point. But yeah, Dave was dope. Dave just we I was like being nerdy about pitching, and we literally with me, him, and Ross, and my other friend Tyler. We were, of course, you know Tyler. We went out by out, at bat by at bat. His crazy outing against the Dodgers this year, the fifty pitch outing, <laughs> and it was like listening to him talk about that. He was like, yeah. I got I got Turner down 0-2 with two fastballs and like I was I was feeling myself so like I want to get him another fastball and that's when he got the blue pit and then he was like I had to get Freeman out there and we were just sitting there like what's what's it what's it like facing Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts we're like how does that feel and he's like it was it's weird at first but then like once you get him one time you're like okay like I'm here let's do this and it was yeah, just, no. it was cool to hear a major league pitcher talk about it like that yeah Dave Dave is really good really and really good they said they listen the Dave say listen to our Scherzer interview. That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. Shout that's out cool. that. And that's also yeah. topical too, because it's the one year anniversary, right? Of signing Scherzer and it's either the one year or one year in a day. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that more later because we still have all these rumors to go through. And Rodon was the last one. I mean, if you guys have been listening to us for any amount of time, I mean, literally since we've started, I think we've always been talking about, we want Carlos Rodon. We think he's really, really good. We think he's, I don't want to say he's just getting started, but he's just really getting healthy, which has yeah. always been the big thing with him. The, the time that he's becoming a free agent, the way his career trajectory has gone to this point, reminds me a lot of Zach Wheeler. I was just about to say Zach Wheeler. That's just, exactly where my head was going. It really feels like, and it's something I always say in this podcast, I'm sure you guys get annoyed with it, but it's like you're injury prone until you're not. Yep. Like at some point, you just have to kind of be like, we have to just like trust with the wind and just maybe it could happen. And Carlos Rodon looks like he's really about to play the best baseball of his career. Just came off the best season of his career and it... it as long as it all stays together, it looks like he's only getting better. 
How about we bring in DeGrom and Rodon and throw Kodai Sanga in there too? Let's get bring them all Great. in along with Scherzer. Let's just build a super team. I'm completely in on that. Super rotation. Yeah, well, I mean, once you, once you get two of those guys, you're already into the third level. Let's just, let's just start having fun. Get the Another guy I've uh, yutzed it up with before, Tommy Canely also apparently being rumored to be talking with the Mets. Good reliever. I'm sure you can give me a little bit more on the pitching side of him, but I will say as a person, uh, loves video games. Very, very fun guy. Super funny, really personable. So if the Mets do get him, I think we could have some fun with Tommy Canely. I mean, yeah, we definitely could have some fun with Tommy Canely. We could definitely have a lot of fun with Tommy Canely. But Canely, the thing with him, it was always the changeup, right? It was always the changeup. Yeah. yeah, the crazy changeup. It's just, it's hard to keep a guy like that on your radar because he doesn't really pitch that often anymore. But he had the upper 90s gas with the changeup. The last year he pitched like a real year. He was throwing those like kind of similar amounts. And I can see right now in his baseball uh, savant chart that those the changeups keep going up and up and up. It's also a small sample size, so it's kind of hard to take those pitching uh, usage percentages to heart. But that changeup is elite. He's going to throw it a lot. It's just whether or not he can you know, stay healthy and stay on it. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, Mets need to find some innings. We just mentioned a lot of guys that can give us some innings. And the bullpen, of course, you kind of just throw makeshift bullpen together and hope you get guys with good stuff. But as we get more and more info and news on these guys and rumors and everything, we'll keep talking to you about it. But otherwise, pretty slow week in terms of Mets news. The other big thing that happened in baseball, I feel like, this week was about Jose Abreu signing that three-year, $60 million contract with the Astros, which, good player, but I don't, I'm not giving him three for 60 at 35. I just, I think that Jose Abreu, since he's just still been so good the last few years, it seems like he had a legitimate market. Like, I think a lot of teams were willing to give him both years. And I think the Astros separate themselves, wanted to give three. And the Astros also are in a unique position for two reasons. One, they don't really pay anybody on their team. So they actually, the Astros have a lot of money ready to give out right now if they felt the need to. We were looking at their their uh, yeah. payroll yesterday. It was like like 130, 140 million, even with a Bray on there, maybe 150. Jordan's locked in for seven. Tucker's in his first year of arbitration. Bregman and Altuve are making almost 60 million combined. That's really it. All those pitchers are either first year of arbitration or still completely free until they bring more guys in. Like Rafael Montero, one of the biggest contracts in the team, they just signed that. <laughs> and they're also in a unique position at this point in free agency because they've been the only team that's actually really been aggressive. They're also, hilariously, the only team without a general manager. So yeah, looks, looks like Jim Crane is just kind of saying, I want these guys now. He's pulling the uh, the old Jerry Jones. I'm the owner and the GM right now. I get to, I literally, I don't just sign the checks. I decide who gets the checks. He's like, I could do this. Like, why not? <laughs> I've played MLB the show before. I have a fantasy baseball team. It can't be that hard. I've got some money. <laughs> Especially when you have the roster construction of the Astros. Like you said, there's almost no wrong answer here with the Astros. No, I mean, I'll pull it up right now just because I want to like say it. Because it's funny, when you when you build a team like this, and you can like, see the kind of flexibility that you actually have at a given moment. Bregman's at 30, Altuve's at 30, Abreu's 20, McCullers 15-8, Presley 14, Montero 11, Neris 8, Jordan Alvarez 8, Martin Maldonado 4. Those are the only guys with contracts ready to go right now. Then... Framber's only in the second year of arbitration. Tucker's in his first. Urquidy's in his first. Oh my God, Javier's in his first. And I know, yeah. I know with this Abreu move too, there was a lot of talk in Mets Twitter world about Abreu becoming a Met. But I think me and you both ag- agree on this that it just made absolutely no sense. It, I mean, it made it made some sense in the fact that he's a power bat and a team could use a power bat. But it's just it would be hard to fit on one roster: Jose Abreu, Pete Alonso, and Daniel Vogelback. Yeah, especially <laughs> after uh, some people have been writing articles, uh, Mr. Suitman over there in the tuxedo and his profile yeah. pick it's talking about how Daniel Vogelback doesn't make sense as the main the main guy made it a big distinction that he can't be the main guy. It's like, you know, we play righties like 60 percent of the time. That's who pitches in the Major League Baseball game. And Daniel Vogelback crushes righties. There's no doubt about that. 
And this was also compared, I saw a little bit, to the Mets missing out on Schwarber last year. I don't think anyone was actually talking about the Mets signing Schwarber besides us, realistically. And the difference is just that he actually could like slum it in the outfield for a little bit. Like he wouldn't yeah. be good at it, but at least he could do it. Like to have a Brayu, even like take Volga back out of the equation, to have Volga back and Pete Alonso, two guys who do nothing besides DH and play first base. You're killing a lot of flexibility of your roster. And we saw how much roster flexibility hurt the Mets down the stretch last year. So while it would have been nice, like in terms of like an idealistic fit to put Jose Brayu in the Mets lineup, you have a very limited amount of hitters on your roster every single day. And to have a lot of them do the exact same thing isn't really the proper way to build a baseball team. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Good player, just probably didn't yeah. make sense. And again, at that money too, Mets have a center fielder and starting pitching and a lot of different positions to take care of before figuring Absolutely. out who's going to be our DH along with Dan Vogelback. Yes, and yeah, that's it. You know, sometimes roster construction lets you have different advantages in different places, and they can do that. Uh, we were talking about this earlier too, uh, off camera when we were texting about figuring out what to talk about on the podcast. Because again, we kind of have to scrape together some ideas sometimes when it's been a slow week. But we did see something that was kind of cool that the Mets did, and that is Eric Chavez being promoted to the bench coach, which mm-hmm. might not sound like anything, but I think it was actually like a really cool thing that they did. I think so too, because Chavez just got such rave reviews last year, like the entire year, members of the team, the organization, the co other coaches, everyone said he did a great job. Even like, and you look at the way the Mets hit as a team last year in his first year as the full-time hitting coach. And while like we might have different memories of how the season ended, like if you look at the full, like the full sample of the entire season, the Mets were one of the best offensive teams in baseball, one of the most productive and the most got the most value out of their bats. So it's clear who's doing something right. Another big part of this move was that, um, that Jeremy Barnes was uh, promoted to be now the hitting coach to take the place of Chavez. And that's important because last year, I think he was either the assistant hitting coach or the hitting coordinator, one of those two roles. And he was apparently getting a lot of steam for other teams trying to hire him as their hitting coach. So this was a bit of the Mets-like defense in terms of coaching. We mentioned this a lot in the show last year when the Mets promoted Zausmer for a similar reason. Ben Zausmer, the assistant general manager, that you kind of just have to like stay one step ahead of the other teams because – Another team is allowed to hire anybody from another organization as long as they get like a promotion, as long as they get yeah. something better. And this little like this little bit of chess that these major league organizations play with each other to maintain their own coaches is one of my favorite elements of the entire game. So cool that we saw the Mets do it and do it, promote a guy who probably is very deserving of it. A, a big shout out to Glenn Sherlock. Glenn Sherlock was the bench coach, still with the team, still with the organization. He's just now the, what they call him, the catching specialist, which I feel Something like is like <laughs> such an awesome name. That's just like teach Francisco Alvarez how to catch. Yeah, Dude, just figure get, it out. Get next to him and help him out all day long, which is great. Yeah, no, I mean, talk about another DH option. Maybe Francisco Alvarez too, depending how he plays, swings in spring training. Absolutely. And just spending on how all these other options shake out. Because the Mets do have a lot of guys who can fill that role. It's just none of them are going to be as probably as good as a dish as Jose Abreu. But there are options. And there's still, I mean, no one's been signed yet. The winter meetings don't even start for another 10 days. Like a wow. lot. It's, it seems this roster, I think, is going to look a lot different very soon. Yeah, we have a we have again. A full... We were saying we don't know anything. We don't know anything. I don't know. I, I'm. I think the roster could look different soon. Maybe it's the uh, the weird thing. This is our first off season now with the Mets. So we we where before we could say that stuff and it it, it really didn't mean much because we were just doing our own podcast. Now we have to be like we don't know anything because it's true. We don't. I again can't stress enough. I wish we had inside info. I really oh, do. It'd be cool. It'd be really so cool. Cool. We got to uh, elevated. Buddy up with Billy Epler. See what he's got. The, he, I mean, he has to listen. He probably knows. He's He's been hearing all the weird pictures that you throw out every week, James. He's got them circled. He's like, right these are down. the guys. James yeah. Chianos, the pitching whisperer. 
I'm gonna get an email one day. Be like, hey, you want to come in for a few minutes? I'll be like, yeah. Tell tell me about why Chad Cool's slider will really thrive outside of Coors. Well, look at this. All right, we'll get it one day. I guess in just like cool stuff, uh, this is the one year, relatively one year anniversary of Max Scherzer signing with the New York Mets, and as we know, that's also the reason why we work with the New York Mets, and they found us. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. I mean, Max Scherzer had a pretty good first year. Obviously, we want a little more health, a little more. Uh, availability on the field, but when he was, I mean, he still was great. Yes, and this actually also is to the day when we're recording this, November 29th, the six-year anniversary of Uena Cespedes' large contract with the team. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, so what are those, like the last two big contracts the Mets have given out, basically, uh, yeah, relatively kind of, speaking? Yeah, more or less, four for 110, and with Scherzer's actual numbers, it's like three for 120-something, 131, 132. A lot of money, a lot of money. I... Maybe I'm saying this as being a little annoying. Today actually I'd, is, yeah, November 29th. is the official official one year for Scherzer as well. We were right. I, I'd give Cespedes the money all over again. I would I sign me up, sign me up. I know he, he ended up getting hurt in a weird way, and his career ended weird with the Mets, but, man, the high when he was here was incredible. I probably wouldn't. Ronnie Mauricio, also a winter league king, just hit a long, towering home run. Really, really stared at it for a while. 28 RBIs in 37 games, Dominican winter league for Ronnie Mauricio. He's been looking cut. I saw him post a picture on Instagram. Dude's putting on some muscle, which is good because, I mean, he's still a youngin. So he's like just becoming like what, like a junior in college, essentially, which is when I feel like these guys actually start to get muscles. Yeah, that's, that's kind of insane to think about. Also right? like, I was like on a camp, college campus last couple of days. Yeah, he's what, 21, right? I think or is, he's not 20. He's 21, 22, I think. I he's 21, or he's 21 right now. Yeah, he's, he's putting together a good winter league, and that's never something we will complain about. Ryan Mauricio on MLB's website is listed at 166 pounds. Yeah, we know that's not true. We've <laughs> seen like, the guy in person. That's, that's, like, that's like only a few pounds more than me. <laughs> Dude, one of the funniest weights that I've ever seen listed was for Oswaldo Cabrera before he actually got called up for the Yankees this year. At one point, they had him at, I think, 5'11 and 130 pounds. And I was Wait, like, that's... Is, was Oswaldo, was that the shortstop? I always get him confused. I always get him confused. Oh, Cabrera, the utility guy. Yeah, he's he's yeah. the utility guy. He's the guy. Oh, your mic. Now, Oswaldo is like the utility guy. He's the guy who plays like all those different positions. And oh, yeah. But I mean, in case you guys didn't know a little bit behind the scenes, uh, this episode's cursed. James's mic just unplugged during the middle of the it's episode. Terrible. And even I literally didn't even move. The wires all on my table, very nicely in a line. It just stopped working. And, yes. oh, God, so episode one fifty one will be one to remember for us. I don't know. I, hopefully, it's one for you guys to remember too. Hopefully, you're enjoying the chaos that is episode number one fifty one. Uh, anything else in the baseball world to really talk about? I feel like the the cool stuff that's been happening has been like World Cup related. Yeah, I mean, the other one thing we should just mention briefly is that Baseball America's um, top 10 Mets prospects came out the other day. Our friend of the show, Matt Eddy, did a little conversation with some Mets fans on Twitter, basically people asking about like what the system's going to look like with a lot of players graduating at once, where the system needs work, where it needs help. Because Baseball America actually ranked the Mets, I think, eighth overall. Hmm. I mean, we have Which, good, We like our top 10 is good. It's yes. just that we do lack the, I think, organizational depth that a lot of like maybe the Rangers have or something like that. Yes, and they, I know that they love um as as an organization they do they love Alvarez. They just think the power the power floor is incredibly high, and which we, I I agree with. We watched them play last year. He hit some balls, and you're like, wow, those are hit really hard, and you're 20, and you probably really are just starting to figure it out, maybe even like. Isn't it weird to think about what we consider primes and how hard he hits the ball now and how mm-hmm. much better he's probably going to get over his time? Like, oh, he's so cool. Francisco Alvarez is the man. I can't believe we interviewed him. 
no, a long time ago. That was that was also funny to interview him. That's also we that's not available anywhere because you have never put it on YouTube. Yeah, I've been I asking know, you for years to put it on YouTube. Never done it once. Got to bring but it back for the messed up channel. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was first upload in like a year. Put it on there, but it's, it, that was like the first moment we were like, all right, we can actually do this. Like this, oh, this, is, gonna, this, this is gonna be pretty legit. I, it'd be cool to see if Francisco remembers. I wonder how many people he got interviewed by actually in Brooklyn. It'd be yeah. I mean, it'd be it'd be hard for I'm not I'm not gonna like to their own horse. It'd be hard for him to remember us because we didn't even like speak his language. I think we have a better chance of like Brett Beatty remembering us because we that was like funny. Like we got him as like the only people at the fall league who probably interviewed him and it was swirling winds. But I think I mean Alvarez like maybe, but like it's we didn't speak his language, so it's hard to actually connect. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Although he he was having fun with us with the test and the mics and all that. He was he was having a good time and Maybe we'll get to talk to Francisco this year. I hope we do. And I th- unfortunately, I don't think Ernie will be coming along as the translator this time. It'd be nice if he did. I mean, it would be it would be it'd be that. Do you want to actually have a chance to remember us? Like, here are these two guys in their own translator. That's the way okay. to do it. Bring Ernesto. Bring him with us. New Mets I mean, fan. Randy was. We, we saw Randy the, the the wild card series. He'll, he'll be he'll be around. Shout out Randy yes. Alexander. Randy is a legend. Hopefully, he's listening. What's up, Randy? Um, mm-hmm. And I mean. I, I really wish there was more baseball. I really wish there was more baseball. I'm dying for it, especially on the YouTube side. I am really itching for a big move to happen. You, does Who's the first domino to fall, James, of the big, big names? Is it changing? No, I've been saying Jacob DeGrom. I mean, <laughs> do you count Jose Abreu as a big domino? No, I don't count him as a domino. Because, like, 20 he, doesn't, he doesn't change the market, though, like, at all. Like, yeah. him and Anthony Rizzo are relatively similar-ish value yeah, players, guess. and Rizzo signed already, so... It's kind of weird. They got almost the same contract, and Rizzo is at least he's younger by a good bit. I think he's two or three years younger. I think he's thirty-three yeah. right now, and that's going to be his thirty-three-year-old season. Or Bray will be his thirty-six-year-old season. So, yeah, let's see. we're really scraping here for baseball guys. Is all we got. We do have though. Uh, you guys liked it, cap or no cap? And John has some questions for us about Max Scherzer since this is the one-year anniversary. John rocking the USA kit, as they say it over in uh, Europe. Big win for USA today over Iran. Uh, Iran? How was the correct Iran. pronunciation? Iran. Iran, okay. No, because that, that, that was a point of contention in one of the uh, press conferences. Did you hear that clip of the guy getting really mad? Tyler Adams, one of our handled, yeah, Tyler it, Adams. handled it perfectly. Absolutely perfectly because, uh, listen, like I think it's right to get the pronunciations correct, but it seemed like the guy was looking for trouble, and he handled it beautifully, very respectfully, and he's something you should be proud of. Iran. All right, John. Iran, I believe. Iran, I Iran. It doesn't matter. All we should probably stop. We should probably keep saying, stop saying it wrong and just move on. Yeah, just like the USA moved on today with a brilliant one nothing victory. Uh, just what what an incredible, what an incredible, exhilarating victory. James, there's one thing I want to bring up that, first of all, you're not mentioning that you were hanging out with Ryan Housley. And I totally forgot, dude. I spent the whole day with that. <laughs> that's Hollywood like, James now. That's awesome. Uh, dude, they were dope. So cool. They were very cool. But there's there's something that you need to share with the listeners because you told me this secret, and I'm going to play this. So the last – I think you said the last two times Ohio State lost to Michigan. What happened immediately after? Last two times Ohio State lost to Michigan in football, they immediately beat Duke in basketball. And obviously the big game tomorrow that everyone in the country is going to be watching is the number 10 Hoosiers taking on, I think, number 18 North Carolina at Assembly Hall. And the appetizer for that is James. The Buckeyes, the Buckeyes and the Blue Devils. So if you're out there and you're listening and you, you fancy yourself a sharp, <laughs> sounds no. like a lot to me. I don't know. I won't say that. Absolutely not. But I will, sure, whatever. 
Johnny Stats. Right. He's he's got the numbers yeah. for us. Well, I, look, I my heart goes out to James. I actually felt terrible. And <laughs> I texted. Sure? James. I didn't. Why? What do you feel bad for him? You for? didn't text me. You texted me. I texted the group and I asked if you were actually oh. there. Oh yeah, there's I was. No, I was actually there. There's no feeling bad for James. He's seen a national championship. He's seen a <laughs> lot of success. No feeling pity for him, John. You went to Indiana too. Don't feel bad for the guy. They stomped you all the time, every year. No, actually, yeah, John feels bad because Indiana always played Ohio State close until recently. Yeah, I mean, look, like you're you're totally right. You know, it's like when the Yankees lose, do I feel bad for a Yankee fan? Absolutely not. I felt bad that James, as the diehard Buckeye fan that he is, Schlecht. and it really showed through with the soliloquy. Um, just to kick this podcast off. Like I felt it. It sounded like a WFAN caller, except on whatever the hell the the call letters are out in Columbus to go and travel and be there. And, you know, like get on a plane round trip and you, Oh, I actually drove, I drove there one way and flew the way back. Okay. That's animal. You (laughs) drove there. (laughs) I mean, dude, because I didn't know I was going to do this until like the day before and the flights are insane to get a flight that quickly the day before on Thanksgiving weekend. And my, my one, my shout out friend, Tyler, him and all three of his brothers went to Ohio state. And it's like a tradition in their family. Their dad drives the, the one kid back who's still in school. Jack's a junior right now. And Tyler was like, we have a spot in the car. So just hop in. We left, we left Friday morning, like 10 AM. Jack being a junior. How long is, is that? Time. How long is that drive? Eight hours. We actually got there in like seven twenty. It was kind of incredible. Charlie Ledfoot right, over okay. there. Charlie, yeah, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Ledfoot. We just like it was, it was just the four grown men in the car. Like we took, we took literally one break where everybody got food and went to the bathroom exactly halfway through, two hundred fifty miles in. It's impressive. Eight's not terrible. My drive to Indiana when I used to drive out there was twelve. Yeah, so um, I, I've done that. We've done the eight so many times now too. Just like having a car. South in Carolina was like tw- a twelve-hour day because of my stops and everything like that. But it was like yeah, I Marky think Crohn's. around six hundred and sixty miles. So it's about about ten eleven hours usually. Man, when I was younger, one time driving out to Indiana, I got pulled. I got pulled over in Ohio for going way too fast because eventually the road it's just mesmerizing and like yeah. You it's just also lose. that Indiana drive. I'm sure it was it Route 80 or was it 76. Uh, we're just high, highway talk with the messed up podcast. Well, this is, yeah, this is where we're at. It was, we it need was some 70, to 70 West. 70 yeah, West. 70 is a great place to get a ticket. I've gotten tickets on there before. Oh, I John, was, can I, I tell you actually? <laughs> I was. This was 2020. I was just. I was I was like when I was living with market time, I just did like a month on the road. I had two separate months on the road. This was the <laughs> second one. I just lived with one of my friends in Columbus for another month just to hang. And I was driving back. It was during that the really, really crazy IU Ohio State football game. And I was listening I to it, it on the radio. It was going down to the last second. And I got pulled over in the two minute drill. And I told the cop in Ohio, I was like, I, the, I, the, the Buckeyes, I, I don't know what to do right now. And he was like, all right, just please, please slow down. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That's awesome. The Hoosiers just inflicting fear. Yeah, you got off lucky. I'll I did not forget. with my jersey plates. I got a big ticket. I had to go to London, Ohio to uh, to fight that one. I mean, not fight that one, but I, I was very guilty of going very fast. But um, Hey, you yeah, learned. That's you learned funny. a mistake. It was a, it was a day of growth for you. Oh, I don't go a mile over the speed limit now. You can check my driving record. I I pride myself on being a responsible, safe driver. Anyway, so like you guys mentioned, it is the anniversary of Max Scherzer. And it's crazy. It's just one year ago that we were all refreshing Twitter. We didn't know each other. Max Scherzer was becoming a Met. The MLB lockout was impending like 48 hours away before all the player headshots went away for what seemed like a lifetime. It was only a couple months. but We held the largest Twitter space there had ever been. So yes. let that be known. Mark Luino and James Chiano, pioneers of Twitter spaces. 
and one of the longest. Some people say it was the peak of Twitter, and now it's going in the wrong direction, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so to commemorate the anniversary of Max Scherzer, I did some digging about Max Scherzer, and not his baseball career, because a lot of us know the stats. Three-time Cy Young winner, the guy's a Hall of Famer, just won his 200th game. But more personal things about Max Scherzer, very interesting character, uh, very cerebral fellow, too, as you guys got to know firsthand with the interview you did with him. So... Our second edition of Cap or No Cap is going to be Max Scherzer themed. So this is how it's going to go. And I know that you guys both know the rules. Cap means it's not true. No cap means it's a fact. I'm going to make a statement. You guys are both going to have the chance to chime in and say whether it's cap or no cap. We're not going to go back and forth like last time. I'm just going to make a statement. And for those listening, I will pretty much call on whoever puts their hand up first with the answer. And if you get it wrong, you get a point. And if you don't get it wrong, you go backwards like we usually do. Okay. And Vito and I are going to actually have a surprise for you guys uh, for the next episode based on who wins or loses this. So that's that's going to be good. We're not going to tell you until next episode. Oh, yeah. Big surprise, be, Big surprise guys. You're not going to be able to sleep. I don't like surprises. Well, you don't? <laughs> no, I mean, they're fine. Whatever. If you were having a baby, would you want to know the gender or do you want to wait? Hundred oh percent, I would know it. And whenever that happens in thirty years, I would like to know as soon as possible. Gender reveal party. Let's do it. No, I would absolutely. <laughs> I would. I would rather. I would rather do terrible things to myself to have a gender reveal party. Totally going to do the soft toss into like hitting the ball and seeing what color it is. That's that's. <laughs> you just got to make sure you hit it. Or yeah, you can't right. do a yeah, can't do a Kirk Cousins. Can't do a Kirk Cousins and and miss the target. Mm. Nightmare. That's nightmare fuel. All right. Anyway. So let's get going with these Max Scherzer facts. Our first one. Max Scherzer was a soccer star in high school. Top goal of the World Cup. Mark. No cap. Mm, it's cap. He was a basketball, baseball, and football player. That's not a soccer Did guy. Did not play soccer. You know what it was? I thought, I thought foul, he mixed. Foul, 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 foul. I thought he mixed in a little soccer just because like. It had to have been a keeper. He's too big to be on the field. No, 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 no. You the, the soccer players have some height. Despite Ronaldo, like one of the best defenders ever. Defenders have height. Defenders have height. Forwards do too. A lot height. of forwards have Romelu. I can name them off. You guys, you're talking to the so- guy who actually knows soccer over six here. Three, six three, Mark. That's not. Yeah. I think that's a little. Look at Romelu Lukaku. The guys like so, so, DDA so, Drogba. So actual like some of the most advanced players in the world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but Messi's five six. Messi's I know. I love Messi. We should, we love short yeah. kings over here. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so that's a minus one for Mark. That's a shame. I didn't know how to lose points. All right. Yes. Our our next fact. Max and his wife, Erica, are avid scuba divers. James? No cap. You are correct. They are actually avid scuba divers. I read that somewhere randomly one time. Yeah, I think I think right before we interviewed him, I, uh, I I threw that at you guys. The interview was literally incredible, so there was no need to bring up. Scuba <laughs> I think diving. he like threw that at us like right before it started. He was like, "Yo, by the way, they're big scuba divers." We're like, "I don't want to hear that right now." <laughs> I'm like, what do I don't even know what to ask him? Like, how, how do you you bring the same intensity to scuba diving as you do on the mound? Be like, Max, hold your breath right now for as long as you can. Go. <laughs> that would have been so funny. We should have done that. That Next actually time. would have been hilarious. Next time, spring training. By the way, what does scuba stand for? Anyone know? Uh, science? No. Okay, I don't know. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Come on, guys. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> okay, number three. Max Scherzer was a finance major at the University of Mississippi. Uh, oh, cap. Yeah, it's cap. 
Why is it cap? Because he, he went, went to Missouri. Missouri. There you go. Missouri. Missouri. Right. Tiger. Close. That's good. That's good. That's good attention to detail. I like that. Because last time with the Dr. Seuss books, you guys weren't paying the close attention to detail. So <laughs> this is good. So you you guys both got that one. I think we can all agree. That's, Wait, that's, I'd that's put my hand up well before Mark did. Listen, there's delay. We know we've been having experiencing issues here. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I, on my screen, it looked like I was first. Oh, my James God. James is still chapped about the Edwin Diaz, Alexis Diaz estimate. Because <laughs> it's, it's true. You, ga- you gamed it. Listen. John's shaving when, points over here. John's Vin, John, John tries to Vince McMahon this podcast. You guys don't see it behind the scenes. <laughs> that's, that's not. That's cap. Okay. <laughs> the next one. Christopher Walken and Alexander the Great also had heterochromia, which for those who don't know is two different colored eyes. Cap or no cap? Yes, Mark. That's Cap. Christopher Walken's uh, hazel-eyed man from Astoria as well. It's no Cap. There's no way I would have thought to make those two names. That, There's that, not a chance in hell. How do we How do we know that Alexander the Great two different color eyes? That is true. I. You know what? Asterix. Don't count it. No, I, Just, I take it. I take it back. We know for sure. We, meticulous James, records. You open Ma- your mouth, David? History major. <laughs> I don't believe it. This game is under protest. All right. Well, I I will I will prove it to you guys after. So you can protest all you want, but it's no cap. It's true. Okay. All right. Here we go. Max owns a restaurant in Washington D.C. that only serves shrimp. Cap or no cap? Oh, what? James. No cap. He can't it's own a cap. restaurant. Yeah. It's, okay. I know, I know. I was gonna say. I, I just. Uh, it's an appetizer. You can't. It's you I can't have shot. only shrimp. With bubble gum. Bubba Gump only is shrimp, isn't it? They sell so much. First of all, who's going to Bubba Gump? I mean, not me. I don't like shrimp, but like okay. Shrimp. Nah, you know what? Shrimp's good. It's all but right. as an appetizer, it's, yeah. shrimp cocktail is good. But like, who's ordering shrimp for their main? Shrimp I don't know. Taco, you get a shrimp scampi, jumbo shrimp. Is that what they're called? Right, jumbo shrimp. You get Options. some jumbo, sh- some prawns. Prawns are shrimp, aren't they? Shrimp in your paella, shrimp in your jambalaya. Yeah. All right. I got two more for you guys real quick. Fine. Hit it. During the 2015 offseason, Max and his wife got a dog named Rocco, who also has two colored eyes. Mark? No cap. That's true. That That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. There's a, there's a tweet to, to, uh, to verify that. Rocco's a very cute doggy. Uh, I believe they have four dogs <laughs> right now. They do, a lot of work. they do a lot of work with animals, which I greatly admire, so... That's awesome. What are you guys laughing at that I said Rocco's a very cute doggy? You being yeah. like 30 years old and saying doggy is very funny. Uh, John Wichita was 30. I believe he's 31. Oh. Thank you, his, James, for that. Uh, his, Piazza year. his Piazza year. Yeah, it, it nauseated me to hear you talking about the olds. I was, on a, I was on a line at the bar this weekend in Bloomington, and I was talking to some girls that were on the swimming team, and I was like, yeah, it's my first time here since like 2014. And they were like, 2014? What are you, 30? And I was like, well, oh. actually, I'm 31, but thank you for rubbing it in. So. Oh, yeah, there was, there was one uh, young, young lady in the student section. She was like, are you a junior or a senior? I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> you don't know what you just did to me. My head is so big right now. You do anything. Did she live in a dorm? <laughs> she actually did, yeah. That's She's just a sophomore. Dorm life. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the last one. Max Scherzer was traded in a three-way deal from the Diamondbacks to the Tigers that also sent Marcus Thames, 
to the Yankees. Cap or no cap? Ooh, man, there's a lot of truth in there, but is the Marcus, isn't it pronounced Tim's? Marcus Tim's? Or is it whatever? Tim's. It doesn't matter. Um, I, a hitting coach. I feel like I need to get myself out of a hole here, so I'm going to I'm gonna get involved. I'm going to call okay. that. Uh, I'm going to say that's cap. I don't think that happened. That is correct. It was Curtis it wasn't Granderson. Tames. Yeah. Yeah. It was Every other Granderson. fact there was true, though. Did did Marcus Timms ever correct. play for the Yankees, or was he just their hitting coach? Because I remember him on the Tigers. He, I mean, that trade also did, didn't that trade send like Phil Hughes or something into there? Some one of the one of the classic Phil Yankee Coke? pitchers. Maybe him Phil too. Phil Coke was involved in that trade. Yeah, Marcus Timms did play for the Yankees, by the way, and then I oh, believe okay. he went on to be the hitting coach or some sort of hitting instructor for them. Yeah, definitely, definitely hitting coach. And now he's the he just got hired to be the new hitting coach. I want to say for the Angels. I, I feel like I know that from somewhere, but. I guess it yeah, also that trade was that trade was wild. First of all, Daniel Schlereth, son of Mark Schlereth, was involved in that trade. Oh yeah, uh, Edwin Jackson who went on to throw a no hitter for the Diamondbacks. Like Phil 150 Coke. pitches too. Yes, in Tampa Bay, right? I, I don't know. Tampa Bay. I think it was I don't know maybe against Tampa Bay. He also has the record for playing for the most teams in Major League Baseball history. Did he break Octa- Octavio Dotel's uh, record he did. in that category? Yeah. That's that's tough. That's that's a great record. That's a great fact. Uh, Ian Kennedy was also in that trade. That's who it was, Ian Kennedy. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, that 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 grouping of Ian Kennedy, Phil Hughes, they like all felt like the same, came up around the same time, and kind of never were good starters. Well, I guess Ian Kennedy had that one year with the Diamondbacks, so that's not true. Hmm. And he had a nice relief career, anyway. Yeah. So, Mark, I believe that uh, I believe you're the loser of this one. Well, so well, check the tapes. Check the tapes, and we'll <laughs> no, see. I believe, I believe <laughs> you're the loser. I, I, I got the last. I got the tapes. last two right. I think I. I think I got three correct and two wrong. I think I answered five. Yeah, but you were going. But you were going backwards. So that that, uh, yeah. that comes out to a grand total of one. It's all right. I it's think James okay. has one too. I think he got one wrong. No, I think I got. No, I think I got impossible. two or three. Right. There were seven of them. It's an odd number, so it's impossible. We'll check the, ta- anyway, we'll check the tapes. We'll, we'll check the tapes. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the surprise next week when I see you guys in person. So. That'll be great. The next time we talk, hopefully the USA is marching on. Beat the Dutch. They ain't much. And uh... <laughs> I like that. I'm stealing it. There you go. And I'll talk to you guys next time. John, as always, it's a pleasure. We will see you on the next episode, just like we'll see you guys. That's where we're wrapping it up. We are done here on the Mets Up podcast. Make sure you're following us on all our social media at Mets Up on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel and subscribe. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download the podcast. I say this again, download the podcast and make sure you are subscribed. It really, re- it helps us out more than you even know. Uh, we really <laughs> appreciate it. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano and follow me at giraffe Nick Mark with a C. Thank you guys for listening and watching. Hopefully we have some big news the next time. If not, we'll keep talking about anything that's going on in the Mets baseball world. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace out guys. See you next time. Get up, get, get up, get up. 